Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rich Hills Golf Show podcast, episode 159. I'm your host, Rich Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy. I feel like we've been very, very busy, boys. Yeah, lots of scrolling on our phones. Loads <laughs> of, your thumb is getting so strong and ripped. You've got a very ripped thumb. I wouldn't... Thanks. People may not say first things when they think of Rick Shields go shredded, but thumb, right thumb, is as lean as anything. Well, I've been... I'll be honest with you, I've been a little bit under the weather this weekend. Aww. not been feeling too well. Um, and I think it was because we had a mammoth week of filming last week yep. up in Scotland where I still somewhat feel cold thinking about it um we managed to get three that's right three break 75s in the bank uh, one on the way up to scotland not quite in scotland and then two while we're in the wonderful home place of golf um we managed to film two more plus we did range night yes at st andrews we did well for those people that are keen on the Break 75s, and thankfully many people listening and watching this are, your most recent one, and small spoiler alert if you've not watched it, you played the Mia. Oh, yes. For a little bit of a uh, easing yourself back in. It was like a really kind of hot bath and you just dipped your toe in just to try and get ready. <laughs> and it scalded you. It was supposed to be a nice little confidence booster. I've been working hard on my game over the last few weeks, hitting way more balls than I would do ever before. Ever, ever, ever. Um, been having a few lessons with Dan Whitaker, trying to get my game in shape. You've seen the vlogs. Um, and I thought, right, you know what? Let's just, let's let's go for a nice, easy one. Wait, <laughs> if, I, if there was anywhere on Earth, planet Earth, I'd feel pretty confident breaking 75. It's around Mia, where I've played hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, in every break 75 we've done there, I've shot under par or level par. So I thought, oh, this can be a piece of cake. How golf can be a cruel mistress. What did you shoot? Like, buddy, 200 over. 200 over? I thought it was 99 <laughs> over. Uh, no, I shot nine over, but I actually lost um, eight shots in three holes. So I went, started double-double, thanks for coming, and then made an eight on the 13th, the quadruple. But apart from that, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> well, yes, but like you said, that was you kind of just dipping your toe back in, getting that, used to it again. That feels like a distant memory now. It does. Because... The three break 75s that are coming out next few weeks are Friday, 4 p.m. Do not miss it. Make sure you like and subscribe. Um, there's some crackers. 
Can I'm, we can we talk about the golf clubs? Because I think we we can give it. Obviously, we can't give away the scores, but I think we should tell people the golf courses and their experiences because they were elite golf courses. So the first one last Monday. Uh, we went up, and we were travelling up to Scotland for the range night, which was happening Tuesday evening last week. And on Monday, on the journey up, we said, well, let's let's go and play a break 75 somewhere. The audience are loving it, yeah. okay? They've got to watch something for through December. <laughs> I've obviously got to try and get my game in shape. I've got to get back on that horse, okay? Well, did I jump on a horse? <laughs> it bolted. And it was a wild one. <laughs> we went over to the west coast of England, to a, um, just outside Carlisle, to Silleth on Solway. What I would say before we come on to the golf course, it was a bit of a strange place. I think it was, you said near Carlisle, it was like 40 minutes away from Carlisle, yeah. completely tucked on the coast. Kind of like a seaside town, not much going on, but it was a, it was a Monday, yes. like what time, 8 o'clock, so it was obviously quite quiet. But it felt like we'd almost gone back in time a little bit, but I liked it. It was a nice place, but the golf course yeah. was good. This, this, it, was it ranked 18th best golf course in the UK, or have I just made that up? That might have been made up, or but 18th, it is high up. I'll tell you what it is. It's 18th in England. Oh, okay, I'm pretty sure it more. is. And it's in this, like Guy said, this really, really sleepy little town of Silleth, which, if I'm honest, hardly anything looked open. I'm sure it's a beautiful town in the middle of summer, but the end of November, you go in there and you think, what the hell? Like, what is going on here? The golf course, though was pretty spectacular. Played with Tom, the assistant pro there, lefty. He featured a little bit in the video because he guided us around. Um, I, I actually want to go back there. I, I really want to go back there in the summer um, and, and just really enjoy the views because we got on a bit of a dark, miserable day. Yeah. And I think the views, he was saying you can see the Isle of, Isle of Man, you can see um, the tip of Scotland where it kind of comes down. Um yeah, I'd love to play it. So that was the first location. Well, just on that, that's the, that's the pro and the con with Lynx courses. The massive pro this time of year is you are going and you get dry fairways, immaculate greens. You can still wear white golf shoes. Absolutely, and they won't get dirty. However, the only downside is the feels like there's such a contrast between if it's a nice day, it's just glorious. If it's a bit gloomy and windy, it's an absolute slog. We were kind of a bit more in the gloom territory, weren't we? Yeah, it was. Uh, wasn't the finest of days. It was. We, we got a little bit of rain. Um, it was cold. That put your game to a test. A it true was cold. test of golf. It, it from from what I went from a confidence boosting round of golf at Mia to being then thrown into like I described as a bolting horse at Silleth. Yeah, Baltic oh, horse. Nice. Thanks at Silleth. Um, so yeah, that video is going to be coming out this Friday. Enjoy it. Um, what time? Four o'clock Friday. Nice. You know where to be. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Talk to me about the ideal way of watching Break 75 at 4pm on a Friday. What would be the perfect vibe for you? If you're a fan of Rick Shields, you're called Martin Jones, right? You get to finish off Friday at two o'clock, right? Early. Yep. Your wife's in work till five. Yeah. Kids are with the grandparents. Yeah. Vibe me. Did you say I finish early then? You finish at two. Yeah. Martin Jones. So, Jonesy, Jonesy, as he's called by his mates, yeah. walking away from work, and everyone's saying, see you, Jonesy, have a good weekend, because he's like, he's one of the lads, yeah, okay. do you know what I mean? They're all going, Jonesy, have a great weekend, what are you up to? And he's like, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> he keeps it mysterious. Nice, okay? intriguing. The truth is, he's got nothing on, but he doesn't want his work colleagues to know that. He jumps in his in his convertible. Convertible? Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, little Mazda convertible, and he... And he even regardless of the weather, Friday, he drops the hood. Okay. Every time. The yeah. roof is off. <laughs> okay. Shades are on. And he puts a little bit of Elton John on. Elton John? Yeah, don't ask why. And Jonesy, he only lives 15 minutes away from work. 
legally bombs it home. Okay. Legally. Bombs it home. Has he had a couple of small brushes <laughs> with the law before? Um, he, he might have had his fingerprints taken a few times. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he sometimes gets dragged into things that he didn't want to be in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? On the way boating home, he stops by the local news agents. Okay. And next door to that is a chippy, right? And he, he knows he's got a little sneaky window here because his wife's got his tea on, normally on the table at half five, mm-hmm. okay? But Jones is going to get home at 20 past two, mm-hmm. okay? He can have a little chip balm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Easy. Chip balm from the chippy next door, grab some beers, okay? What beers? Um, Jonesy reminds Four me of a guy. Stella. I was going to go with Skull. Oh. <laughs> 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 for our American viewers, uh, listeners, uh, maybe not the finest tasting beer in the world. Four cans of pint-sized Stella. I'll, I'll see you at that. And it, it, they're on bargain. Yeah. Okay. But buy four cans for the price of three. He also buys a scratch card. You never know your luck. Number seven, every yeah. time. Gets home, 20 past two, and he's chilling, he's relaxing, he's, he's had a quick shower, he's done a few errands around the house just to keep her happy. Um, <laughs> he's, had, he's already cracked open one of the Stellas, and he's, he's itching for four o'clock. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Okay. At 20 past three, just to get him really into the juices, he watches last week's episode again. Oh, wow, he is hardcore. He goes and watches Break 75 from the last week, just just to get into the right emotional standpoint. Also, he's not subscribed. He thinks he is, but he's not. Not on the TV. No, not on the TV. No, he no. is on his iPad. But not on the TV. Not on the TV. Yeah. And he watches everything. Does he have TV. an iPad with a big flappy cover? <laughs> Obviously. <not. laughs> so he watches last week's episode, yeah. loves it. You know, he's laughing to himself. He's, you know, he's, he's crying at some parts because it is an emotional roller coaster. I feel like he prefers episodes where I'm not in it. Uh, he doesn't like me, let's be honest. He, he has said that a few times has, in comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy thinks he can do a better job than you. He wants it to be you and Pete, not you and me. <laughs> doesn't he? He does. He does. Oh, good old Jonesy. Anyway, four o'clock comes around, or five to four, and he's thinking, oh my, this is it. This is the big moment. Where's it going to be this week? Mm. Where's it going to be? I've not listened to the podcast. Is it going to be Pine Valley? I don't, I don't listen to him. because yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know where it's going to be. Is it going to be somewhere I know? Is it going to be local? I live in Silleth. Yeah. I actually pictured Jonesy living in Silleth. Yeah. Um, I live in Silleth, and he'll never come here. There's no way Rick Shields will come here. Four o'clock switches on. The music, the dramatic start, the me. Hi guys, welcome down to Break Seventy Five. Today I'm at Silathon Solway, and Jonesy's can just shoots up in the air. Yeah, his third one. Yeah, he's tipping by now. He's, he's like, oh my god, he's here. He's in my hometown. And just the one small singular tear just just comes down. Just, just at, rolls down his cheek. And at that point, he shuts all the curtains. He puts on pause because he, he couldn't wait to find out where it was before he shuts the curtains. And he unzips his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> shuts all the curtains. Um, it, you know, this is his time now. Turns the phone off and he's just engrossed. Every shot he feels, every breath of wind he can feel against his skin. Yeah. He, he sometimes, if it's windy, he'll put a fan on by the side of his chair. Really get to it. To reenact. Yeah. If it's raining... He, he, like, drizzles water on his head just to get into the right sensation. If it's raining, he puts his full waterproof outfit on. Yeah. And he sits there with a seven iron in his <laughs> hand and a couple of Pro V1s just living, living, vig, vig, that's the wrong, wrong word, living thoroughly through the Break 75 episode. And then he gets 60 seconds in, he sees that I'm on it and goes, this, I'm not watching this anymore. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he, he watches it regardless because he loves it so much. So Great. that's Jones it. Jones is, thanks for watching and listening um, and uh, yeah, 
You know what's mad? I wonder, because thankfully we have a lot of people listening to this and watching this. I wonder if just down to like sheer scale, <laughs> there's actually a guy called Martin Jettles is thinking, what the hell's going on here? He finished it too. He's got a Mazda MX-5 59 plate. <laughs> Loves the chip butter and the Stella. Yeah, and you think, oh my God. Martin, so, if you're listening, please email us, podcast at shields.com. I'd love, I'd love that. It'd be the best it will be a Martin Jones. Um, yeah, so we, we did Stillworth and then on route to Scotland, um, I headed up to Scotland, you headed home because yeah. you had uh, something to do uh, that evening. And then on Tuesday morning, woke up and played, at, I, I might even say, and this is bold, one of my favourite courses ever. I've got mixed feelings about this. Ever, ever, ever. I've got ever, very ever, mixed ever, feel, ever. feelings about this because it was me that put Crail on your radar. You'd heard of it, I think, but I suggested playing Crail, okay? You said, let's have a look at it. You looked at it and went, yeah, this looks good. You booked it. And as you say, and rightly so, I couldn't make it, so I couldn't play. You brought in a better guest than me, let's be honest. <laughs> In Iona Stephen, who everyone knows of Sky Sports, who only two days before playing golf with you, she was interviewing John Rahm and Roy McElroy in Dubai. And she then rocks up with you, plays, won't ruin it, phenomenal golf. Phenomenal. Better golf than I can play, and let's be honest, better golf than you can play. Yeah, she was phenomenal. She's charismatic on camera. <laughs> She's probably a bit better looking than I am. <laughs> I think she, everything... Everything she brings... She's got a better car than me. She out, well, I think she outdoes both of us in every category. Yeah. Well, she outdoes you, but I'm on about me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't play, unfortunately. I joined you for the back nine and walked around, and what a golf course that is. Um, the scenery, it's on the it's on the coast. We might maybe put a few sneaky images on. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast, watch the video version of the podcast. We might put a little sneak peek on there. Uh, sorry, Matt. But... Um, what a place. Honestly, ridiculous. There's two golf courses there, and we were very, very lucky. In the winter, they actually shut one of the golf courses down, and uh, Roy, the head pro, the, uh, the general manager... Heard Iona was going, so opened it up. Opened the, the other golf course up and allowed us to go and film, so we had no one out there, and it was honestly... Uh, David Roy, sorry, not Roy. David Roy. Um, it was absolutely just heaven on earth. The, yeah, the, what the a weather, golf course. The scenery, me and Iona played some... Very, 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 very good golf, which you're going to see. Um, that'll be out, not this Friday, the Friday after. Um, just epic, absolutely epic. And you obviously caught us up on the back nine. Oh, and you got course. to glimpse some of it. And again, one of those ones, I feel like playing it in a summer's evening next year would just be quite literally perfect. I think what's mad, obviously a lot of people watching and listening may have been fortunate enough to, to go to Scotland and play golf. And many won't, just because obviously you might live a long way away. You might be in America, whatever. There's obviously so many almost household name golf courses in Scotland, i.e. the old course, your Carnoosties, your Troons, etc., which obviously goes out saying are all incredible venues. But some of these kind of lesser-known golf courses are absolutely insane. It, it's the seventh oldest golf course in the world. And to top that off, so we did range night. Yes. We'll chat about that very quickly. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll chat about that after we talk about the last golf okay. course that we played. So the, the went, so we did range night Tuesday. Wednesday, it was a horrible, horrible day. It was a true test of Lynx golf. Like a proper classic uh, Scottish day. And we decided we, need to, we needed to crack on one more break 75 while we're up there. It'd be a waste if we didn't. And we managed to get onto the golf course. It's the third oldest golf course in the world. Just only behind St. Andrews and Musselburgh. Ely Golf Club. It's not far from Crail. Um, of some somewhat similar kind of styling the golf course, right up against the west coast of uh, east coast of Scotland, uh, 20 minutes away from St. Andrews. Um, on a calm, flat, quiet day, 
could be very, very gettable, that golf course. Oh, absolutely. It's a par 70. There's no par fives. There's 16 par fours and two par threes. Um, but we did not get it on a calm day. Not even a little bit. It was unbelievably unique. Had a really cool kind of quirkness to it. On In the little starter's hut, which we show in the video, there's actually a periscope, which I'm sure they bought from like a naval... Um, a boat or submarine and you can actually have a look over the hill on the first because it's a blind tee shot it just had so much character and it was again an amazing amazing golf course what it was insane it actually i'm on top 100 golf courses and in scotland it, it rates crail as number 61 and Ely as 33 which i'm oh, not fully madness. sure as but what's also hard is the weather does affect you. Like, it, the, the weather at crail was still not brilliant but much 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 yeah. nicer Ely was an absolute slog so it, it doesn't feel quite as, as na- even though you're enjoying yourself, not quite as nice being yeah. out there, which does kind of reflect how you see the golf course and how it's playing. It just goes to show, by the way, how many phenomenal golf courses oh, there are in Scotland. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. The fact the, that Crail is 61. I mean, that's just not even... You can't imagine the 60 I mean, golf courses in Scotland <clears throat> better. I, I'm kind of putting it in my top five. I would. Like, it was that 100%. good. So, yeah, and I've played a few, you know. I've played probably a lot of the, the top 50 or 60. That might be a bit ambitious. But anyway, uh, so that was phenomenal. You and me played. We battled it in the wind. We did. Our our expected scores compared to our real scores were very, very different. Yes. So wait to see that. That will be out in two weeks on Friday. And what time, Guy? Um, three, between three and five. 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Friday. Every Friday for the foreseeable <laughs> future till the Christmas at least. Um, so that was that was epic. And then in between that, sandwiched between that, range night. Yes. Yeah, so we did another range night at the St Andrews Golf Links Academy. I think it's the official name, which is the driving range next door to the old course, literally next door to the 15th, 16th fairway. We had a lot of people come down. We had some very good challenges. People took money off you. Yes. Um, it was nice. It was exciting. Like correctly, they didn't just like. Stuffed me up and take that one guy me. from Glasgow did. <laughs> uh, they there were some competitions that we ran and some prizes that we gave away. There were some junior golfers that managed to get a little bit of a, uh, a giveaway as well, which was cool. The video will be out very very soon, potentially this week if not next week. Um, it just the thought, and again, I kind of need to pinch myself at some points in time where. If someone said to me, in in the whole of a YouTube journey, there'll be one time where you can actually book the whole of St. Andrew's driving range out yeah. and invite fans and fill it, like five or six people per bay. And we sold tickets. We did, it were free tickets, but we, we um, I say sold, sold out of tickets in three minutes flat yeah. for 130 guests to come down and hit balls and have challenges. We could have we could have filled that five times over. Uh, the atmosphere was phenomenal. Getting to meet people, getting to see people from uh, different walks of life. From a lot of uh, students were there as well. A lot of good players from St Andrews mm, were there, there was as some well. Very good golfers. Um, so yeah, a real a real mixture of of uh, golf fans as well. So that video will be out soon. It was quite hectic and quite mad, as range nights often are. They kind of take the toll a little bit on my voice, certainly. And this probably explains, all of this probably explains why I might have been a bit run down towards the end of last week and absolutely freezing cold yeah. and ended up being quite ill over the weekend. But honestly, the three or four days we had there in Scotland, it's it just, I just think it is the best place on yeah. earth. I really do. Speaking of driving ranges, do you believe in karma? Um, mm, yeah. Yes, for the sake of the story. So if you're watching this, you might have just noticed Rick's phone slightly moved. 
Because it would have been a little cut then, wouldn't it? Do you reckon? I touched it. Yeah, I think you did. Oh, I did. You did touch it. Because you had to have a slight error. There was a cut. The camera went off. Anyway, it's back on. So, you believe in karma? I believe. I 100% believe in karma. Yes, thank you. That's a good answer. <laughs> well, you remember two weeks ago on this very podcast, I mentioned how I'd taken a pair of second-hand golf shoes to driving range to give them away free as a good deed. And it ended up being a very, very awkward encounter. Correct. Quite a few people commented on that. They thought it was quite funny. But it's just real, real life. However, the good news is the karma in the situation is, uh, I mentioned I was at Clark's Golf Centre um, let's be honest, my second favourite range locally behind Trafford Golf Centre, it's close to my heart. Um, they enjoyed a little bit of exposure, albeit kind of, it was in a very jokey manner. I got a free ball card. Uh-oh. So I've now got a ball card at Trafford Golf Centre and at Clark's Golf Centre. Wow. So I'm going to be hitting balls willy-nilly, <laughs> six nights a week, maybe seven. You have been really up in your practice. Really up in my practice. So you best watch your back, my friend, because I'm coming soon. To break 80. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I found that by... What a strange coincidence that getting balls for free makes me hit more golf balls. Who would have guessed that? But you know what's weird? I've actually found that by playing less actual golf, I think I've got better. Because by I now would go to the range a bit more, whereas I used to, many moons ago, play nine holes a bit more. Because right. I kind of enjoyed it more. But... By hitting more balls, it actually, obviously, it's, it's helped my ball striking. And I'm fine that I'm taking that to the golf course mm. and hitting it better. I think for you as well, because you'll start to notice, like, time becomes more precious, obviously. Yeah. It's like you just jump into Clarks or Trafford, takes an hour out of your time, where obviously around the golf. It's a long time, isn't Many it? people listening and watching this know is it, it's it's a long, 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 long time, which... Um, I, I def, we've talked about it on the podcast before. This is where there's got to be this kind of quicker version of golf. Yeah coming soon to a hopefully a, an empty space near you soon well last thing on the driving range topic we've had a good day rick okay okay so if you want your uh, question answered by rick shields a very influential man which we'll come on to shortly um emails podcast at rickshields.com so you ready for this one go for it hi rick it's hi. from um, anonymous let me just move my laptop, <laughs> let me, let me <laughs> my laptop so i can read it better i thought this might be a good one um for the podcast this week as i was at the range at a pretty nice golf club here in seattle um, I was done hitting golf balls, walking to my car, when I noticed a gentleman walking to his car, carrying a range bucket that was three quarters full of balls still. Okay. I thought it was a little odd, as it was raining, and unlikely it was going to the short game area to chip, but didn't consider that it would steal them. As I watched him, he put the bucket of balls in his car, along with his clubs, so I spoke up and said, what are you doing, stealing those golf balls? His response. Guy. <laughs> his response. Was it Clark? No. His response. I'm not stealing them. Which I thought, okay, maybe just changing his clubs or something and he's going to head back to the range. I don't know. Strange. As I packed my stuff into the car, I kept an eye on what he was doing and he packed all of his stu- stuff, closed his boots and made his way to the driver's side door to leave. By this time, I'd pulled out of my car parking spot, but I was still watching him like a hawk. Wow. <laughs> so I reversed my car, at which point he came over to my passenger door. The conversation went something like this. <laughs> Person who wrote in, me. By removing range balls from the property, you are stealing those balls. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> him. I'm coming back tomorrow to hit them so it's not stealing. I come here four times a week. How often do you come here? Me. This is, by the way, this is actually Should, me. Why don't we do it? Why don't I be one? Why don't I be... Okay. Can I see your laptop let me, too? Let me send you it as a WhatsApp then. So we'll have to start this again. And then I'll act as the other person. I'll act as... Can I act as the thief? Yes. Well, that, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I did see this weekend just on a completely different topic. I actually saw somebody feeding a packet of crisps. 
Did you? At a restaurant, yeah. Didn't say anything. Maybe I should have done. Maybe you should have said anything. Maybe this video, maybe this okay, uh, so if you check email your will inspire me. WhatsApp now, it should come through. So me is me, okay? Okay, one sec. All right, me is you. Okay, go. Okay, so the conversation went something like this. By removing range balls from the property, you are going to steal those balls. I'm coming back tomorrow. <laughs> I got an A in drama, by the way. Mm. I'm coming back tomorrow to hit them. So it's not stealing. I'm going to do Seattle. Uh, I come up here four times a week. How often do you come here? It's just like a chat of <laughs> <laughs> I am here every week. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm here every week. It doesn't matter they are the property of the club. And by removing them from the property, you are stealing them, even though you intend to come back. This club has the right to call the police if they wanted. The cops. <laughs> um, him. Oh, that's me. But I am coming back tomorrow, so it's not stealing. Have you seen the Asians come you, up here? What? Careful, he's a bit, yeah. You should have. have you seen the Asians come up here and hit two buckets and leave half a dozen behind? Yeah, he went there. Uh, oh, no, this is them. Hit. He, yes, he went there as well to try and defend his behaviour, even though I had no idea what this had to do with him stealing balls. So he was, en- he was racist yes, as well. Yes, exactly. So in the end, he gave in and returned the golf balls. This was a well-dressed, most likely retired person in a $100,000 car, so not without means. I called him an entitled bleep and then drove off, although I should have called him a racist as well, which he clearly was. Uh, question is, did I overreact or did I do the right thing? I will admit it felt good to get the last word in and call him entitled before driving off. Love the podcast and the YouTube channel. Keep up the great work. Wow. Wow. So firstly, the guy does not sound like a nice bloke. He doesn't um, at all. No place in this world for racism at all. Um, but he, de- he definitely did. He say have a big expensive car. He did private license plate. I'm guessing. I reckon license been, plate. You have got American. I reckon it would have been like sky blue, okay. like a like a Bentley sky blue. That's okay. my picture. Yeah, yeah nice. Okay. Um, he, he's absolutely bang out of order mm. it, on every single account. First off, being racist. He's, yep. You know that he's brought that into it. That's totally not needed. Um, and then. The fact he's taking golf balls away from a driving range with this idea that he's going to come back tomorrow. The, the thing you do, you then go in really as civilized human being would go back to the till and say, listen, <clears throat> I've got a shoe. I've got half a bucket here. Can I get a rain check and I'll come back tomorrow and hit the yeah. other half? Like, And I'm sure every range would go, yeah, not a problem, sir. Like, thanks for doing that. You know? That's one way. Or he could have just said to someone next to him, do you want these balls, mate? I'm leaving now. Yeah. I've got a hundred grand car. I'm not sure if you quit. I'll come back tomorrow and buy some more golf balls. Yeah, you probably didn't need to say that to the person he's giving balls to, but you could say I've got a hundred grand car. <laughs> I've got a Rolex. I've got a twenty five year old wife. <laughs> so here's some balls. Yeah. Um yeah, I think he's absolutely bang out of order. I think our listener who has emailed in, um, I'll be honest, I thought at first he was being a bit pathetic mm. if i'm first honest i don't think it's something i would do again so if someone pinch a packet of crystals <laughs> weekend and I, I said i was a wimp i said nothing okay what flavor were they uh they were um the teddy bear ones pom oh, bears oh, right, wow they're for a kid i know and it wasn't a kid stealing it was the adult stealing it anyway different topic um so i, I don't think i would have said anything i'm glad he did um you never, you just never know what those confrontations might yeah, lead into. Do you know what I mean? You never. For the sake of rain, there's a few scary people out there, and suddenly, you know, ends up being fighting or worse. But uh, I'm glad you stuck to your morals. And that guy, that horrible guy, was bang out of order. He shouldn't have been stealing golf balls. He shouldn't have been being racist. And I'm sure the next time he plays golf, he's going to shank five shots, three put five times, and um, hit a ball straight down the middle of the fairway and lose it. Yeah, so um, good advice. And um, if you want your email read out next week, please email us, podcast at Um I've kind of had enough of the clickbait titles now, so don't clickbait it. 
because I'm, I'm I'm beyond reading them. So people say stupid stuff. I'll give an example, Rick, of some of the clickbait. You, you, uh, let me find one. Um, I'll be like, read it, read it. <laughs> uh, in fact, no, before I come on to that, actually, we've an email off James, uh, and he said, um, hi, guys, I'm watching your podcast, as I often do, and I've decided that having hats on looks silly. You're inside doing a podcast. If it's a matter of sponsorship, then proudly display the hats on the table, which is always clutter-free. The golf attire looks sharp, but please, hats off while inside. What's you, this is your time to respond to that. Uh, you know what? To some degree, I agree with him. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it's... But why, why does... <clears throat> it's not good etiquette, really, to wear hats inside. Is that... Yeah, but... What, mm. And you shouldn't wear hats at a table. So I'm breaking all my own morals and rules. It doesn't offend me at all. I do very much take my hat off in a clubhouse because I never quite know the rules in the clubhouse. Um, but I would never um, be that bothered I think about there's, it. there's two things probably what the listener won't know or understand. They totally get it. Is that when I come to work in the morning, I'll often not do my hair because we might go out filming after and I wear a hat. And then if I, if I put a hat on in the morning and then if I take my hat off now, my hat's horrendous terrible hat hair and I've got bad hair anyway so then therefore I'd have to then style it and then I'll probably have to put a hat back on in the future mm. so I just do it for her ease. logistics so I apologize if it offends anybody I morally deep down I understand it uh but for the situation that we are and how do you know we're out how do you know we're inside yeah you can't see the roof do you know what I mean the wind. it's actually got no roof here on the yeah. podcast studio so we're actually outside so there um, an example of the clickbait we get is an email titled Rick Cursed Jordan Spieth. I'm not going to read it. I know that. that. I know what happened. Oh, what happened? I cursed him on the 18th tee at the Masters. Is that what happened? Yeah. All right, okay. I'm guessing that's it. Okay, cool. I reckon he's watching a highlight of the 2018 Masters. Yeah. And I went there with my good friend and we were stood behind. Oh, it's exactly that, yeah. We were stood behind the 18th tee as Jordan Spieth was going on this ridiculous charge, like ridiculous charge. It was me, Randy, from Friday's Golf and my pal Neil. We're all sat, we're all stood there behind the 18th. Uh, Jordan Spieth was going on this outrageous charge, chasing down Patrick Reed, and everyone obviously wanted Spieth to win over Patrick Reed. And out of nowhere, Spieth hits this duck hook. It hits the tree. I mean, the, the 80th tee is super narrow anyway. Hits the tee, drops down. He probably ends up making double or something. This picture uh, I've got here, when we put it in the podcast as well, if you're watching this, um, it's got Jordan Spieth in it. And then at the side of the frame, you can see you as well. And you're pulling a face, right? I can only explain as Imagine Rick Shields, right? <laughs> He's 16 years old, living at home. Sunday morning. He had a few shandies the night before, illegally. And it's 11 a.m. You're in bed still. Yeah. Your mum knocks on your door. Richard, yeah. get up. Richard, get up. Why? You've told your nan you'll go and help her clean the garage. Okay. This is the face you would pull. <laughs> it really is. Isn't it? We'll put that in, we'll put that in the <laughs> podcast. It's like, get out of my room. What are you on about? It depends on, because that was a video, and it depends on when the snapshot's taken. Sometimes... I seem to pull a lot of multiple faces. I didn't know I was on TV at the time. Multiple different faces in a very short period of time. Mm. Like, I look quite angry and disappointed. Within a second, you could have been smiling. I'm like that, and then I'm like, I've got another face. Yeah. So yeah, they've caught me at a, they've caught me at my angry teenage getting out of bed mode. <laughs> Put that in the podcast. Before we come on to probably the main topic of today's podcast, one thing I want to run by you and get your thoughts on. So a bit of my own, dear Rick, from from me. Um, <laughs> anonymous, anonymous. Don't don't please don't. Is it normal to have? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it normal for it to be so what, big is that what I saw in the changing room the other day yeah it's too long um, sorry is that your toe yeah my toe, toe nail how do you cut them anyway now my question was Cameron Smith yes. won the Australian PGA yes 
I think it was his third in a row. And I was watching a bit of the highlights yesterday and seeing that he'd won, et cetera, et cetera. And Liv have paid him, I think it's $100 million to play on the Liv Tour, right? And obviously he is now still playing in some of the European, well, DP World Tour events. Um, I, I'm guessing, certainly with it being his, his home big tournament on the DP World Tour, and he's the defending champion, he wanted to go and play in that. And as it stands, he's, he's currently allowed to. I'm sure, obviously, DP World Tour don't want that to continue for much longer with Liv players. But I was trying to think about this. Is there a winner and a loser out of this? Or are they both winners? Now, let me. what I mean is, Live Golf have paid him $100 million to be on their tour, to represent their tour, to give them a stronger field. Do they really want him going playing on the DP World Tour and elevating their tournament by having like the world number two golfer, arguably the world's best golfer, played in it, when they're paying him to be on their tour? And equally, you know, do the do the DP World Tour, are they winners or losers in a sense that they have got the second best golfer in the world at their tournament? That should be great. But equally, when there's other tournaments on, he'll just go back off to, to live and play in the bigger prize fund events as and when he chooses. So is there a winner and is there a loser? Or are they both winners, they're both losers? There is a winner. Mm-hmm. Cam Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Smith is a winner in all of this. As much as he's quite, oh, he's, he's come out quite open recently about the fact that he uh, has had many sleepless nights. Um, I don't think it seemed like he took the decision very easily. Mm. He won the Open, and a few weeks later, he announced he then signed for Liv. It appeared like he'd kind of taken it in stride, and that's the character he seems to portray. Mm. Um, he's come out recently and said he's he's really struggled with it, like the decision making and the ramifications after, and how much it would people would think of him differently. Um, but obviously, it's not doesn't seem to be affecting his golf. He seems to be playing incredible golf still. Um, it was very very interesting. I didn't watch loads of golf this weekend, but the stuff I saw on social media, it seemed like majority, and it's I don't have an exact number on this. Majority of fans. We're loving the fact Cam Smith were playing in it, mm. and I don't. I think the Australian fans there were really behind him playing yeah. in it. Like I felt like he got a lot of home support from what I was seeing online from social media. I would see that a lot of people were like, "Brilliant to see Cam Smith," you know, getting out there and playing and winning everything else. There was obvious when he won. There was a bit of a tidal wave of yeah, but he's a live player. He's this, 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 and this. Um, so from from his own standpoint, he's in a he's in this kind of weird position. But I think overall, he's probably somewhat happy with his decision. I would think. Um, with regards to tours, I don't think Liv have ever come out to say about them being exclusive. No, it, they've always wanted to be this kind of other option. Um, you know, they they've never stopped their players playing in PGA or DP World Tour or any any other tours. Um, apart from the fact that when a Liv tournament is on, they're going to expect their players. That- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, well, that'll be contractual, yeah. Of course. But then they open on those other weeks for those players to go out and play elsewhere. That's fine. I think you're right. I think when the DP World Tour looks at it and goes, well, we've had one of the biggest names... I think the only way we've been able to find out if that's been worth it is have the TV viewers gone up? Is there more viewers tuning in because the Cam Smith's playing and you winning? I have to think so, but I've not got the stats to hand. Did they sell more tickets on site because bigger names were playing? Again, you'd, you'd have to think so. And the last one, did more higher profile players beca- play in the event because Cam Smith played in it? You know, did he actually bring the field up entirely? He didn't just add to the field. Did he almost like the top of the pyramid of the field? And then, you know, and obviously Adam Scott, friend of the channel, played. Minwoo Lee, friend of the channel, played. Um, all obviously Australian guys. Like, was there also another wave of players that may not have played in that event gone, I'm going to play because Cam Smith's playing in this. Yeah. And therefore, it's going to get higher world ranking points and everything else, you know. It's, it's a strange one because in one sense, I can imagine Gre- um, Greg Norman sitting there rubbing his hands together thinking that that just shows the dominance of Liv in a sense that my player from Liv has walked onto the DP World Tour and just won. You think that just shows how good our field are. But equally, like you said, there's a lot for DP World to be enjoying about Cameron Smith playing. Whether there'll be lower-ranked players who potentially could argue, like, not missed out on a spot because he's the defending champion, he deserved to be there, but equally, if he's joined Liv, should he be told, no, you can't be in the DP World Tour events anymore, and then that space essentially would free up for somebody that might qualify or whatever. I don't know. But it, I just I just thought this weekend, I was thinking about it, that I feel like the kind of Liv and the DP World in this isolated situation, just about everywhere, are both winners. Mm. I, I think there's going to be a conversation to be had earlier in the year. Needs I to think, get sorted. I think before the Masters... It was interesting recently with Rory McIlroy coming out. We didn't speak about it on the podcast because I think we had a guest on um, where he came out and basically said, Greg Norman needs to leave. He needs to exit stage left. Uh, whether that's because that stops conversations happening or whether that, that he feels like he's the biggest kind of, um, what's the right word, um, defender in all of this or the main antagonizer. But I do think there needs to be in a room, whether it's, whether it's, the, the guys behind um, Liv, whether it's Greg Norman, um, Jay Monahan, and Keith Pelly, need to get in a room and, and 
mm. sort this out because it's not it's not working as it is just yet. It's confusing as a viewer in a way. Yeah, like Cameron Smith goes and wins. I thought he was on live. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. all it's all a little bit messy. I think it needs to get resolved before the Masters in April, where the, obviously the biggest tournaments start to begin. Have the Masters come out and said anything yet about whether live players can play or not? I don't think any of them have officially. I don't think any of the majors have, have they? I feel like the Open might have said something I think something they've already. said, no, but they've said that they will not stop live players, but they also reserve the right to how they... How it's ran, essentially, I think. Right. So, I don't know. In a roundabout way, they're saying they could in the future. But question for you, slightly off topic, but also very much on topic. You've got £10 in your pocket, okay? I actually have. Have you? Get it out. I've actually got a parking fine, too. I want the £10 on the table, just for make it more real. I don't know why, just literally a £10. Just the kind of guy you are. Right, you've got £10 on the table. It's right. actually there, it's real. It's, let me check. That's not. It's fresh. Not one of those ones I got off Jones. <laughs> off Jones's mate. <laughs> you can't tell, mate. Honestly, they look exa- exactly the same. Big Baz. Ask our mod. Anyway, right. So, you've got a ten on the table. Yeah. I say to you, tomorrow, Rory and Cameron Smith are playing a match play. Okay. Two best players on the planet right now. Who are you putting that ten pound on? Are you? I'll be Cam. I Smith. think I should take it either way. I'll be Cam, <laughs> I'll be Cam Smith. You be Rory. Okay. Okay. In the between. Did you give it to Rory? No, I'm Cam Smith. All oh, right, sorry. <laughs> I think in that situation, if it's just a heads-up match... In. We ju- saw it at the open, kind of. I just think Cameron's a bit grittier. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's sink him. I just... I think as a, a, as a full year, if you t- say who's going to have a better full year, I genuinely believe Rory will do. I think he's going to win more. But in that match, in that head-on-head match, I just think Cam, Cam's got that that grit. Mm. Like he seems, like you say, in the Open, the final round of the Open, he seems to just be able to hold it when he needs yeah. it. Where Rory just didn't, did he? Did you see the story that came out? Actually, Rory um, came out and said that he caught COVID just a few days before the Open. No. And he gave it to Tiger. What? I saw it, whether it's real or not. Apparently, he was feeling really under the weather a couple of weeks before, a week or so before the Open. Rang up Tiger saying, listen, mate, I'm feeling bad and blah, blah, blah. He'd played golf with him that same day uh, over in Ireland. <clears throat> Had a COVID test. He was positive. Tiger rang him up that night and said, yeah, I've got it too. Oh my, I know why you're not feeling very well. Right, listen to this. Okay. Tiger had COVID, right? Yeah. Look, Rory, Rory McIlroy had COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although this was in July, it doesn't matter. No. He then gave it to Tiger Woods. I hear you. Tiger Woods gave it to Henny. Henny. Henny then had it for a while, right? <laughs> okay, I'm making things up here, but let's just say she did. Yeah. She then gave it to Iona. Yeah. Iona gave it to John Rahm. He then passed it back to Iona. You played golf with Iona. Now you've got Tiger Woods' COVID. Brilliant. You've got Tiger Woods' COVID. How's that feel? Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anyone that's catched COVID off. Would you pay to get COVID off Tiger Woods? I think, yeah. <laughs> Where's that tenor gone? <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Okay, wow. But yeah. you're going to be fine. That's, that's just caveat. That. No, oh, okay, so um, that was the starter and the main course of the podcast, but now's, now's time for the dessert, okay. the, um, the exciting part. Probably what we've maybe even titled this podcast. There's a little old golf publication over here in, in the UK. Um, US listeners not, might not be aware of it, but it's it's very well known. It's Britain's number one golf magazine, Today's Golfer. So I'll just show you that to the camera. Okay. And they've done a very interesting article this month on both print and digital. 
of the 100 most influential people in golf. And underneath it says, who's had the biggest impact on our game this year? On the front cover, there's six influential people, okay? So we'll start at the top. You've got T-Dub. You've got Tiger Woods. The big man. The big man. You've got Rory McIlroy. You've got Lydia Ko. You've got Niall Horan of One Direction and now a major player in the world of golf and management and, and certainly, to be fair to him, making golf a lot cooler to younger people, certainly to a younger female demographic. I think he's done massive things. You've then got Paige Sporanek, who is the, the most, most followed. followed. Yeah, that's Insta- Instagram. I think she's person. the most followed golf account in general across all the platforms. She's huge. Not on YouTube, though. Yeah. Just Collectively. Collectively. Just Instagram. Collectively. Collectively. And then you've got a guy on the front cover, Lyled up to the max, Lyle Hart, Lyle Sweater, Shields. And Scott. <laughs> yeah, I'm on. Okay, so that, you're on the front cover. That is a six ball. That is, that is a six ball. I've got a theory as well. Go on. Okay, all three, all six of us meet, okay, at the old course. Yeah. And we go, let's have a match, okay? We need three pairs. Okay. So naturally, Rory and Niall want to go together. Irish. Of course they are. Mutual friends, you know, know each I mean? other. Yeah. They're going to play together. Lydia and Paige are going to want to play together. Okay. Just go with me. Okay. <laughs> that that leaves Tiger just there on his own and me just there on my own. Yeah. And we kind of look over each other and we kind of give each other the little kind of side anger. Oh, I guess we're I guess we'll have to be together then we'll with Tiger. Yeah. Tiger Woods. Yourself, yeah. 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 So yeah, me Tiger versus Rory Nile versus Lydia Page. Wow. Let's make it happen. Old course in reverse. I like it. How do you think out of your three balls? If it was you, because of the front cover, we'll put this picture on again in the podcast. The front cover on the left side is Rick, Paige, and Rory. The right side is Lydia, Tiger, and Niall. Which three would get win against which three? If it was you, Paige, and Rory versus them that's three. Good, that's not a bad Because match, I'm, is it? I'm thinking Rory would beat Tiger yeah. at the moment, you have to say. Yeah. I think obviously Lydia Ko, no offense, would, would beat Paige. So then it's me versus Niall. But then he deserves a couple of shots, or does he need the shots? I'd like to what's think he does. Ha- what's his handicap? I don't know. Higher than mine, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been playing bad recently. I think we'd just pip it. I think it'd come down to me on the last. Both matches are halved, and it comes down to me on the last Combined hole. score, make it better then. Because <clears throat> I see Rory... And I've, got to, and I've got to make birdie up the last at the old course. I pipe it down the left-hand side, little wedge into about three foot, knock it in, and then... See my ass and miss it. Anyway, so we we actually heard before this came out to print that you're going to be in this top 100. I want hands on heart now. What number would you have settled for out of the 100 most influential people in golf 2022? What number would you have taken? Rick's just eating his beard. <laughs> I've got hair in my mouth. <laughs> when Rick's hungry, he's eating his beard. It's really weird. Yeah, okay. Honestly, yeah. I was incredibly honoured to be in the list. Like, you think about, you think for a minute about the most, all the golfers, mm. the most influential golfers, to even make it into the top 100, I was blessed with. To put it into perspective, Scotty Scheffler, yeah. who's had an incredible year, mm-hmm. is 98th in the list. Wow. Okay. So, for me, I was thinking, being in the list is great, and it's it's very well worked out from what I'm understanding. Yeah, it's not just a popularity contest, is it? No, they've they've done something. So they've done like a section of how we did it, and basically they've done like equipment design. You can get ten marks. Course architecture, ten marks. Instruction, ten marks. Inspiration, fifteen marks. Then they've got things about the game. So you, the finan- financial influences were twenty five marks. 
uh, the voice is worth 15 marks and innovation's worth 15 marks. So I'm guessing, obviously, you wouldn't have got any points for course architecture or for equipment design. I don't know. Maybe equipment design. Well, potentially, if I'd influence over you. Um, you've had, you would have got marks for instruction. You would have got marks for inspiration. Um, you would have got marks for voice. And I suppose innovation's a tough one because you've innovated content, so we, mm. can, we can use that. So you've got marks. It'd actually be quite good to figure out how many points each person got. Yeah, it would be good. So then once I had a guy, I was actually at Centre Parks on holiday, and guy rang me and said, there's a there's a uh, list being put together, 100 most influential golfers. They want you in it. They want to do an interview with you. Are you up for it? And I'm like, yeah, as long as I'm in the top 50. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, and guy gave me an idea. You said originally 30th yeah, in the you, list, I which I actually couldn't believe. I was like, Wow. 30th in the list and I thought they're probably saying that just to get me doing an interview and when the actual magazine comes out I'll be like 84th okay yeah. I never thought I'd be top 50 the magazine came out and it all went out in print <laughs> and there's some massive massive names can I give some before you give your number away give some have you yeah. given it away or not I don't think so I don't know. okay so now you said 98 Scotty Scheffler okay we've got um, number 87 Bob Vokey from Vokey wedges. wedges. Number 89 is John Rahm. Number 88 is Scotty Cameron. <laughs> Number 86, Donald Trump. Okay, so there's some of the ones in the 80s. I'm going to move into a bit, little bit lower down now, a bit more getting closer to where you are. Um, okay. Number 64, Dustin Johnson. Have you heard of him? He plays quite good at golf. Dustin Quite a big hitter. Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. He won yeah, the Midweek yeah. Medal last week. Correct. Yeah, yeah I know him. Yeah. 58, Matthew Fitzpatrick, the uh, current champion of the US Open. Um, let's find some other good ones. So we're getting close now, as you can tell, I've not read Rick's number out. 41, Bryson DeChambeau. Okay. Okay. Now get interesting. 34, Paige Spranick. Wow. Most, She's got a really in, most followed Instagram account in the world of golf. She's got a nice spread in there as well. There's a lot of different articles, like, a bit like you did with the um, interview bit. 31. Page spread, by the way. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. You're on fire recently. Uh, 31, Gary Player. Okay. So now we're starting to, to really work work our way into the big hitters, okay? We're going sub-30 now. We're going sub-break 30. <laughs> 29, Bob Parsons, your friend, PXG founder. You've met him. You've had dinner with him. Um, very influential Number guy. 27. Is Keith Pelly. He's the chief exec and the CEO of the DP World Tour. Wow. So he's had a very well, influential surely year. Surely. We can't be higher than that. No. Uh, well, yeah. No. You actually, <laughs> no, you can't. You actually are. You are young Rick. Number 24 in the top 100 influential people in golf, 2022. And there you are holding a flag, looking good. Uh, you've got one, two, three pages worth of, of content there. Um, and one of the things I like, one of the little uh, call-outs is, is a quote that you gave the interviewer. This is to today's golfer. You'll have an email somewhere from a young Ricky Shields asking if I could feature in today's golfer. I don't know if I ever even got a response. I didn't. We'll look at him now. Today's golf. Oh, three pages now. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you feel? Thoughts, feelings? I, I genuinely, right now, and I posted it on social media, I was very, very excited um, to, to be the 24th most influential person in golf. And it's not something I set out to be. I don't wake up every day and go, I want to be influential. Um, but, but the fact I've been ranked into such a high prestige of 100 of the most influential people, first off, I'm over the moon with, to be 24th and to be 
you know, in a list of so many incredible, incredible people from uh, golf equipment design to tour players to uh, governing body key, um, governing body CEOs to many fellow YouTubers. So mm -hmm. Pete's in there, Good Good's in there, me, my golf's in there, Danny Maud's in there, Chris Ryan's in there, Mark Crossfield's in there. So that's really cool as well that so many uh, fantastic YouTubers are in that list as well. It shows that the strength of the platform. Um, and I'll be honest, when I look at the 23 names above me, I can't, I cannot argue with it at all. Well, right. at the top, so we go for the top 10. Yeah. Number 10 is Rory McIlroy. I mean, that's, Needs no introduction. I, I he's probably the only one I'd probably, I'd maybe rank slightly higher. Yeah. And what he's done I for think, the European Tour, DP World Tour this year. I think 10 is a little bit, for how much of a voice he's had in the game. Well, uh, yeah. But. Go on, carry on. Who? Well, and just also on that, in terms of influence, I know sometimes you don't have seen it as influence and shifting products, but if Rory suddenly swapped to go and use Callaway next year, that would have a big influence in Callaway sales, I imagine. Yeah. He's one of the few golfers that can sell product. Change the um, Number nine is Sean McManus, who is a sports media giant, and he's now the chairman of CBS Sports in America. So, yeah, you can imagine that's going to have um, a massive influence. Number eight is Mike McCarley, who is the president of golf at NBC, so effectively the head of the golf channel. Number seven is Andrew Giorgio, who is the uh, Warner Bros. Discovery Sports Europe and President Managing Director. So he's, again, in the, in the media so, so those world. So three, those three there, nine, eight, and seven, effectively distributors, aren't they? Exactly. Of golf, of golf actual content. And then number six is Chip Brewer, who is the president and CEO of Top Golf and the Callaway brands. So certainly he is helping get new golfers into the game at Top Golf. Massively. And obviously established golfers are using the Callaway products. That kind of makes sense. Number five is Jay Monahan, who is the uh, commissioner of the PGA Tour. So again, yeah, can't pretty, really pretty straightforward one. Grumble with that. Um, number four is I think Mike Warren. I think you you pronounce it. He's a CEO of the USGA. Um, and former commissioner of the LPGA Tour. So I'm guessing he's done a lot to obviously grow the women's game and he's currently yep. CEO of the USGA. Governing Again, body, yep, rules and everything. Number three now, this is a, the big one, is Greg Norman. So obviously we're looking at him as being the live golf commissioner, but let's not forget he's done a lot in the game before. Whatever your thoughts of Greg Norman are now, some obviously positive, some not so positive, he did a lot in the game of golf before that anyway. But he, right now, 2022, deserves to be there. I must admit, imagine rewinding time about 12 months and saying there's going to be a list and Greg Norman's going to be three you'd be like yeah what? what's happening you would uh, but obviously what he's done the, the kind of face of of live golf um and obviously you can't you can't argue with the the presence they've had in the last 12 months yeah number two is Martin Slumbers who is the chief executive of the RNA and secretary of the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St Andrews but but what I was thinking then is, obviously, with that job title, it's clear they've got massive influence. But probably things you don't even think of, and I'm kind of making this up as I go along. I can't confirm this is the case. But when things like in, in the rules of golf changed about how you can put with the flag in, there'll obviously be a rules committee clearly at the RNA in the USJ, but they will have to get signed off by, I guess, a board and a, and a CEO, etc. So people like him are making decisions on a weekly, monthly, daily basis that affect how people literally play the game. Yeah, I like, think he's got and all the equipment. Yeah, they, they govern the equipment, yeah, the yeah. rules of golf, participation levels, where money gets spent in it's the incredible. world of golf. Obviously, the open and everything else. Yeah. So I, I, one hundred percent agree that Martin Slumbers should be that high up. And number one, this is quite a shock, actually. Tiger Woods. <laughs> um, 
I don't really try and present me an argument if you that can of why he shouldn't be. Can't. No, literally, I can't. He, he's the only person, even now, that still moves the dial. If he plays in the tournament, people watch. If he, we saw him play his final hole at the 150th Open at St Andrews. Nobody draws that type of crowd no. in. I mean, you had grown men crying their eyes out watching him walk down the 18th hole, walking over the Swilkin Bridge. I mean, it was just things like that are iconic. If he suddenly tomorrow um, put his name to something, it would sell out. If he brought his own brand of golf ball out, it would sell out. Yeah. If he designed his own golf course, which obviously done, it, it goes so high up in the popularity. I, and I think as well, we're getting to the point now where there's actually some little sound bites from a lot of different golfers. I won't read the actual sound bites out, but let me just read who the golfers are. So you've got Patrick Cantlay, Roy McIlroy, DJ, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler and Charles Howell. So that's um, what, seven golfers. At least, well, pretty much all of those, in fact, yeah, have, have grown up watching Tiger play. And it's quite a strange place now where Tiger's kind of peers and his competitors as such, the vast majority have actually grown up idolising him. If you're under the age of 32, 33, whatever it might be, you've grown up respecting him and wanting to be him. So his voice now is even more amplified over his peers. Because back when he was 21, 22, and he was starting to dominate, as good as he was, there was still going to be some guys out there who didn't look necessarily down at him, but were like, well, I've done this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing, mate. You know, you, you're you good, great, but yeah. I know what I'm doing. All these guys playing now are looking to him thinking, well, Tiger says do that, I'm doing that. He obviously very much so pledges alliance to the PJ Tour. And if he had have jumped ship to live, which those rumours he was offered a billion dollars, if he had have done that, that would have changed the landscape of golf incredibly. So yeah. it just shows his influence isn't just on the consumer, it's actually on the elite golfers who are playing on the tours. I would, I reckon as well, because they asked me in that magazine, who is the most, um, oh, that was another, me and my golf got in there as well, sorry. Um, I think if they'd have asked me the most hundred, if they would have asked, they'd, sorry, I'm trying to get my words mixed up here. I'm trying to get my words mixed up. I am getting my <laughs> words mixed up. They asked me at the end of that interview, who is the most influential golf? And I, Clearly, without even taking a breath, at Tiger Woods. Yep. I genuinely believe if you asked the one, the other ninety-nine people in that list, I do genuinely believe that all ninety-nine people would have said Tiger Woods is number one. And I can't re- really imagine a year how far it would have to be in advance where that's not the case. No, because he, how much golf has he played this year? Hardly any. Yet he's still head and shoulders above everybody else. I just think. Um, you know, it, it will be really interesting to see how long that legacy lasts and what he does with his is his career moving forward. I mean, it sounds promising that he's going to be playing a little bit towards the back end of the year. He's got his Tiger, he's got his Tiger Woods tournament in uh, Bahamas very, very soon at the start of December. He's then playing in the PNC tournament with his, with his son Charlie. Yep. Uh, obviously, all eyes will be towards the Augusta in a Masters in April. You know, is he gonna is he gonna be stronger than ever next year? Is he gonna just have cameo appearances? Is he only gonna play five times? Like we don't know. But also, what's he gonna do? What is he actually gonna do after all of this? Like, when does he hang it all up? He obviously didn't retire at the one hundred fiftieth no. Open at St Andrews, which a lot of people thought. I don't think he's gonna retire anywhere else about, apart from St Andrews, mm-hmm. which will be now the one hundred fifty fifth um, Open at St Andrews in the year twenty twenty seven. He's still going to be playing golf in that time frame. Yeah. He has to be. Um, how much, how successful, who knows? But I don't think there's any arguing that he is the most and will continue to be the most influential golfer ever that's played the world, the game of golf ever. And um, 
being very humble. I don't think you actually bought this magazine, did you? No. This is my gift to you. Thank you. That's I thought they were actually going to send me one. You might do, but that's just... Thanks. You've definitely got one. Thanks, mate. Um, Should <laughs> okay. we put it in the back? Uh, yes, I, I did. my page in the back. Yeah, let's do that. But last, before we wrap this up, we have got some questions from Facebook. If you are not on the Facebook group, um, use one word to some people who aren't joined yet. Um, Big Baz. Jones's yeah. mate. Yeah. Jones, Big Baz doesn't like golf, and he, he's like, "Why do you follow those guys on you? Why, why are you following that guy?" I think more of a negative word. If you so, if you're listening to this now and you're not Plonker. On the, yeah, bozo. Yeah, so join. <laughs> else you, yeah. Um, okay, so the questions are well, a uh, few. One from Alex Wilson, and this is kind of a generic one we see a lot, but I'm actually intrigued. Now it's winter. He has said, "What's the best practice drill for the garden?" Now I'm going to put in one caveat on that can't say hitting shots into a net because not everyone obviously got space for a net. So what could you do to practice your golf in the garden with limited resources to help you improve this winter? Great question. Um, I would practice... That's really hard, isn't it? Cause even just, even just swinging, does that, if you've got room to swing, I guess. I'll t- tell, you, tell you where there, is, uh, is, there was a story one time, and I think I might have shared it on the podcast once before, that there was this prisoner that went to jail for oh, yeah. years. And, and all he did was he had like a, a pretend, got, not even a golf club baby, just held a golf club, a pretend one, an imaginary one, and just kind of did these slow motion practice swings, trying to get his swing into these kind of positions day in, day out. And he came out and ended up being much better than what he was when he went into jail. Um, so... Something along those lines. If you've got like a big patio window that you can actually see your reflection, if you can see well, how you can work on your technique or whether it's your posture or whether it's things like ball position or alignment, all those things help. I don't know how committed you'd have to be to do that. I think that's a big <laughs> ask. I don't. I think I'd do it once and go, oh, yeah, that's not crap. Um, the, other, the other simple one is like trying to set up something. It doesn't have to be hit, hard hits, but even if it's like a bit of a, a, a foam area... <laughs> go with me on this like a bit of a mattress and you put three lines in it and you just practice like little chip shots like hitting it below the bottom line through the middle window and through the high window just to try and change the trajectory of your wedge shots even just something that just keeps your eye in but i must admit i do think it's very very difficult it is and this isn't really answering his question but one thing i would say i've seen help with in previous years is if you can just get in the winter obviously depending if you live near a driving range but you get those like now dark cold november nights december january just once a week at the range in 30, 40, 50 balls can actually make a big difference. Even if you go with a friend and just share a bucket and just whack a few and have a bit of a catch-up, just keeping your swing a little bit looser and fresh yeah. does come the new season help, I think, anyway. And you want to get, you almost want to get into a habit with it as well, don't yeah. you? Because then if you know Thursday night at 8, you're going to always go to the driving range. Yeah. Just, that's what you put Even in Even like those silly things, we have a little chipping comp or do like stingers to a crossbar or something. It definitely does help. Um, from Stephen Trousdale, is Rick too hard on himself? I'm thinking he's meaning sometimes during breaks in your fives, it doesn't always go your way. Or, because sometimes people say that, but does that help you, do you think? Sometimes you go, get a bit annoyed, does that fuel you? Does that fuel you think on practice more? I know sometimes if you don't play well, you then want to go to the range or have a lesson, that's fueled you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's very difficult to almost separate me playing the golf I play on video, which is 99% of my golf, mm. and actually just playing as a recreational yeah. player at a weekend. I think I'd be very, very different um, I think my expectation levels of myself are much higher than what I can sometimes deliver and that frustrates me mm. because I know there's a good golfer in there and there has, has been a good golfer in there and when that doesn't come out to play, I get frustrated. 
It's strange though, isn't it? Like if you'd not done a run for a month or two and you went to go do a 5K and you're a couple of minutes slower than you used to be, you don't get annoyed at yourself. You react. I don't mean you, I just mean in general. Your reaction is, at least I went today and I know that I'm not going to be as quick because I'm a bit out of shape or I'm not as fit. With golf, you've had two months off. You don't praise yourself for going back playing. You think, oh, I shot 85 today. I should be shooting 81 or yeah. breaking 80 or whatever. I find, if, you know, for all the golf balls I've ever hit, I've been playing golf for 25 years of my life. I feel like... Um, even if I've not played or practiced, I should still be at a level. And, and that kind of frustrates me a little bit. But maybe maybe I'm hard on myself. But also, I kind of, I probably, you probably see much more of my emotion on video because it's everything's captured. Well, and also a bit more behind the scenes. We This series of Break 75 versus last series, we, you know, we've actually made sure the camera's rolling a lot more. Yeah. So whereas in the old series, they're much snappier edit. You might fit a bad shot and then the, the shot's finished up. We then turn the camera off. You might mumble to yourself or look a bit peed off. The camera wouldn't see that. We, we purposely now keep the camera rolling. Sometimes it's a bit awkward, but it shows that. And it's better, yeah, isn't yeah, it? It, it is. shows that side. It's more relatable. So you probably see more of it this year than you would do last yeah. year. It was probably still prevalent. But you I've, just didn't see it. I've always been quite a, a, I would say, an emotional golfer. When it's good, I'm like the happiest person in the world. And I'm floating around. When it's bad, I definitely I definitely show my emotions on my sleeve. Uh, yeah. Where you'll see some golfers, a bit like a Dustin Johnson mm. or a Cam Smith, um, who just look the same all the time. And I think, unfortunately for you, and I'm in the same boat as you, and I say this, that's how you get to really good level, isn't it? By not getting too excited when you make a birdie, but not getting too annoyed when you make a double. Yeah, It's very hard to do that, though, when you're so passionate about the game. But that's how those real... It's like if you're a, a, a elite footballer and you've got a penalty to win a World Cup final. Obviously, your heart rate's going to be elevated, but you've got to be cool and calm. I'd be hopeless in that situation. Yeah. I also think a few people maybe don't quite grasp the fact we are making a video mm. you know it's actually it needs to be because loads of people say don't talk rick and just yeah. play golf I'm like, yeah, but we're making a like it sounds like the video the product at the end of it outweighs the golf yeah you know and i think some people may get that a little bit confused if i you're right if i just was going out with this mindset of playing gr better golf well, no, I wouldn't be videoing every single shot because that's not re reality, is it, for most people? Uh, but obviously, we're making videos, yeah. making YouTube videos. Darren Fitzsimmons has said, should you be allowed a mulligan for your first tee shot of every round? <laughs> Hook out of bounds spoils the day before you've even started. I feel like it's quite um, common in America for like these breakfast yeah. balls. Um, I've never quite understood it. We've never done it here in the UK. No. Um, I, I don't think it's a thing. It in America, be. is it just literally on the first tee? Yeah, breakfast I would ball. imagine, right, we're playing and you nail your drive on the first tee and I hit one out of bounds. So I go, I'll have a breakfast ball. I then reload. You then get to your ball in the fairway and shank it out of town. And it's like, oh, you can't do breakfast ball now. Lunch ball. Yeah, <laughs> dessert ball. I like dessert balls. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never quite grasped it, whether it's just a casual Sunday yeah. knock with your pals. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not real golf. I, I wouldn't like that because I think because I've played golf at such a young age to now, I wouldn't, even if I then made a par with my breakfast ball, it wouldn't feel real. So like, what do you get there, guy? Oh, four. But deep down, no, it's not a four because I hit another one it's off the tee. Asterix. Uh, Matt Betts has said, uh, and Neil's off camera, this is one for Neil as well. If Rick starts doing merch, will it be his own brand, Birdie Sauce? Do you like that? Copyright that. That email never came in. <laughs> Birdie Sauce. What's he it's called? Got a, it's called Matt Betts. Um, Do you like that? Thanks, Matt. We're stealing that idea. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, merch hopefully coming soon. We've said it for many, many years, but who knows what the future holds. <laughs> I mean, the, the 24th most influential person in golf isn't making merch. There's something wrong. No. So, yeah. yeah, stay tuned. For Birdie Sauce merch coming soon. Um, and then Scott <laughs> Benzie has said, which would be hard to do, but it would be good. Would you ever do a live Break 75? Uh, I don't think it'd be as hard as we think. I think that's doable. With all the cameras and stuff? In what way? Well, like obviously the different angles we have now. We don't just have oh, one camera Oh, sorry. Running. You mean a, an actual live? It's on YouTube live. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant as in people come and watch it oh, live. Uh, well, to be fair, you might do. But I, I took that as it's live on YouTube. Ah. We'll do it both ways. Could you do it live on YouTube? And could you do it live? People could come and watch. You could definitely do a live come and watch. That wouldn't yeah. be too hard to do at all. Whether I'd want to do it is a different question. Um, and then I would say a streaming it live... I think I feel like you'd need commentators with it because otherwise there'd be a lot of dead space. Yeah. And if not, it's a lot of talking. It's like four hours of non-stop you're on. Do you know what I mean? So I think that'd be quite hard. Yeah. Last question from Guy Charnock. If um, golf month, golf today's golfer were going to expand the list of influential people, how many thousands would it need to be before I get in, do you reckon? Do you reckon mm, 5,000? Next year, today's golf would be the top 5,000 influential <laughs> people of golf. Would I make the cut at 5,000? I, I think you'd be... I think you'd have a chance. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> I think people wanted you in this list. The comments were like... When I put it it was like, oh, that's great, but where's Guy? That's great, but where's Guy? I was like... He's 4,897. I'll just... Maybe maybe, you are, maybe we've just not seen your name yet. Maybe in the small print somewhere. No, you know what it is? I don't, don't know that. I got asked to be in it, but it's just not my cup of tea. No. I just don't want to be in those kind of lists. Can't be. I don't like the word influencer. <laughs> What's mad is last Friday, um, we also did a photo shoot for uh, Golf Monthly. Yeah. All the mag- all print, these- me- print media's coming back. All these bloody magazines that didn't reply to my emails. Yeah. They're all now. No, to be honest, Golf Monthly have been very, very good to me. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. That was, that was actually... You know what? Surprisingly good episode. Wow. Why, why are you actually surprised? Um, this was all planned. It was all structured. Oh. You just didn't realise it. Okay. Um, we might be doing a Friday special podcast, which will still be coming out next week. Um, but I've got a little trip away next week, which I'm excited about. And we'll might talk about it a little bit yes, more on Friday. We'll discuss all the details. The juicy goss. And is it gory details? Hopefully it will be gory. <laughs> I hope it's not. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast channel. A lot of you think you are, but you're not. Let's try and get to 200,000 by the end of the year. One quick one for next week, if you can be bothered. If you want to go out and buy one of these Today's Golfers, that'd be quite cool. Maybe take a picture of the Today's Golf magazine in the most random place possible. And if you do a good one, we'll share it in the video. So yeah. whether that be um, those really high toilets in the Shard, Potentially. Love it. Quite good. Yeah. Um, Top on of the, the Eiffel Tower. Swilkin Bridge would be really Ooh. good. Um, name three more places. Skydiving. Skydiving with it. That'd be really good. Uh, snorkeling. S- yeah. Submarine. Yeah. And I think a lot of vehicles. And in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Wow. If it's abroad, I'd be very impressed. Because they don't sell it abroad, do they? Oh, I don't know. Well, you so could take it on holiday. Yeah. Airport, yeah so there you go. They? Yeah. Maybe on a plane. So yeah, pick one up, send a picture. We might share it. We might completely forget for next week. No, we anyway, won't. We won't forget. We won't forget. Thanks for watching, listening. Make sure you subscribed, and we'll see you next week for the next episode. <laughs> Bye, Jonesy. <laughs> Have a good Friday, Jones. Good night, mate. See you, Martin.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 